0: welcome to this podcast by global church we are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere one to everyone if you want to find out more information check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk so christmas has officially begun it is december Um, if your tree's not up you're late apparently and um, there's no such thing now as the 12 days of Christmas. December is Christmas month. And uh, trees should be up, right, Shelley? Yeah, absolutely. Our tree went up yesterday. Decorations are all up. I mean, you can't walk through York City Center and think, oh, I don't know what's coming. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Christmas. Uh, we were in, well, I was in town the other day, dragging the kids through uh, to go and see Father Christmas at the Castle Museum. And it was chucking it down, like, you know, like, you, well, we're pretty soft, aren't we, as people, and normally if it's raining, people stay in, but not in, Christ, not in Christmas month, not in December. Everyone's out, even though it's chucking it down, and uh, we saw Santa, it was great, kids loved it. So, Advent has begun, that's a thing, um, you know, we're a proper church, because Advent has begun. Um, We don't really do Advent, do we? Like, I I used to do, uh, we went to a Church of England school, and we did the Christingles. Anyone do the Christingles? Where you got your orange and uh, stabbed yourself with a few cocktail sticks and put some Dolly mixture on it and took it home and, you know, lit the candle, burnt the peel. It was great, really smelled of Christmas. Um, So, you know, I want to talk about Christmas not just because i 'm a big Christmas fan as i as I definitely am, um, but in this whole season of Christmas, we can get caught up in the Um, I know this is a bit cliche, but you know, to know the reason for the season. But it is so important. And it's so important because otherwise, what we end up doing is we get caught up in Christmas, we get caught up in all the, uh, you know, the sales and the Black Fridays and all that kind of stuff. And we think, yeah, 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 I've got to buy, 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 got to get all my presents, got to spend loads of money. And then we'll worry about it in January. And we get into debt and we get into, you know, we're stressing about stuff. We're constantly trying to uh, please people, you got all your family politics going on, and you just... Tonight is a very simple message in one sense. I just want to look at a, a verse that's often used at Christmas. Um, but I, I basically want to look at who is Jesus and why did he come? You know, basic Christianity unpacked in a modern culture. Let's do it. So, Isaiah 9, 6. This is a great verse. It's one that you will hear every Christmas if you go to a Christmas service. It says this, Um, And this is Isaiah speaking, by the way, just to give you a bit of context, he's prophesying about the Messiah, he's prophesying about Jesus coming, Um, and this is like thousands of years before Jesus was uh, born, and earlier in Isaiah, he even says that that Jesus will be born in Galilee, so he states the place as well, Um, and he says that God's blessing will be on Galilee, and it says this in verse 6, it says, "For for, "'For to us a child is born, to us a son is given.'" so we know it's going to be a child, we know it's going to be a boy, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, and this is, this is amazing, like this is quite a name, if you think about it, if you were going to call your son, maybe don't use all of this, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end, and this, this you know, those four different things, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, for a a small boy, for a child. That's, you know, it's, it's a name where you can see the whole trinity there. You can see wonderful counselor. That is what uh, Jesus then called the Holy Spirit. He's going to send you a mighty counselor. Mighty God. That's Father God. Everlasting Father. Uh, God the Father. Prince of Peace, which was the name given to Jesus. Um, he is the Prince of Peace. And this Son, singular, was to be called all these things. And it's amazing you know, the prince of peace. And, you know, I remember, I I grew up in church, and I remember uh, hearing all this different thing, and, like, God can give you peace, and just thinking, that's a bit weak, you know, like, really, like, peace? Is that, that's not even, like, strength, that's just peace. It just seems like, oh, it's nice. But you think, like, today's culture and today's society, people are calling out for peace. You know, people are struggling with anxiety, depression, And um, I've named this talk, Prince of Peace, Battling with Anxiety. And his government and peace, there will be no end. See, you can't run out of God's peace. Peace isn't like a limited resource. It's not like God's got so much peace that he can give you. It is unlimited. There will be no end to his peace. And in this kind of world, that's exactly what we need um, and I think sometimes we can think, we can think because we live in 2018 and everything's new and everything's like, you know, all the culture things and stuff like that. Um, and we think anxiety, this is like a new wave of something. And you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Anxiety's been around for years, thousands of years. And, you know, it's still around now. Um, and it's something that we all deal with. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness, now darkness to me is like anxiety, it's like, it's the unknown it's like, what am I going through, I have no idea I don't know if, what I'm putting out on Facebook p- whether people like that or not I don't, you know, we're so insecure as people now we're so insecure that we're looking for those thumbs up, that double tap, just to say like yeah, you're doing the right thing, you know it, I, I'm the same, you know, I, I, I hope I'm not the only one in here, who, you know, you put something out on Facebook and you're looking for that little notification how many people like it, how many people have double tapped my photo, but that is that's living in that darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Oh, sorry, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life, and that is Jesus. See, we live often in darkness, and as, as Christians, we're called to walk in the light. Um, but when when we get kind of swarmed by the culture, by what's kind of socially acceptable and what you can say and what you can't say, we're living in darkness. We're living in a place where actually we don't know anymore. Whether what I say is going to offend somebody, whether that's going to be politically correct, whether that's going to get you know as many likes as my friend's baby on Facebook never get as many likes as a baby, to be fair. But um, <laughs> my first point tonight is this. It can sound a bit cheesy, but I'm going with it anyway, and that is let the light in. And uh, you know, it's a bit like when you wake up in the morning. Um, well, I put it on myself. When I wake up in the morning, eventually. And uh, you know, I want to. I want to stay in bed. I love my duvet. I love. I love just staying there. And uh, I want to stay in bed as long as possible. But what happens at some point, sooner than it should, is that Vic comes in. She gets up earlier than me, and uh, the light goes on. Right? If you have experienced that before, or the curtains open and you just want to hide back under that duvet, you want to go back to the darkness. You think no, I'm safe there. And uh, but the light comes in, and the light sometimes can be kind of. Uh, it can feel like bright. <laughs> you know, I was even saying, telling the guys before and here, I was like, turn the lights down. It's too bright. People can see each other. You don't want to see each other in church. You know, it was so like, we're so called to the darkness. And we're like vampires, aren't we? When the light comes on, it's like, ah! And, um, but you know, my first point is, let the light in. Let the light in. And, and Chris put it well before. He says, Jesus is the light of the world. So let me give you this verse in, in John's Gospel. John 14. 26 to 27, um, and Jesus is talking about now, he's talking about um, when he leaves or when he dies and what will happen afterwards, so he says here, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you, so I don't know if you've ever had that before, where the Holy Spirit reminds you of stuff, where you, you, you're like, you're in a situation, you're like, I have no idea what to do, and then suddenly you're reminded of something somebody said in a talk, And you know we've just gone through those ten tests. If you've been around for the last however five, six weeks or whatever it is, we've been through these ten tests, and these are ten tests that are going to hit you in life at some point. And it's good to have the Holy Spirit who reminds us of stuff. Um, And Jesus says here, this is the key bit: "says Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, and I do not give to you as the world gives." And then He gives us the key to it here, but. Let me just explain this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. See, you can't give what you don't have. Yeah, Jesus had peace. Jesus had that. And he says, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. And this is our problem now. Is In this day and age, we think, yeah, but who are you to tell me that? Who are you to tell me don't be, don't be troubled and do not be afraid? You have no idea what's going on in my life you have no idea what I've been through. You know, I I can hear you all saying this inside your (laughs) heads. You don't know. But Jesus said this. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Now, as Jesus is, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, do you not think he might know what's going on in your life? And do you not think he might have known that when he said, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid? See, Jesus says, I don't give as the world gives, because what the world gives is limited. See, the world's answer to anxiety or depression is limited. Uh, and I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying doctors, uh, you know, they don't know anything. I'm saying doctors know a lot. They're a lot smarter than I am. They do. They, they know a lot. But what they know is limited. See, what God knows is unlimited. See, sometimes we just, we, we naturally think like, oh, yeah, I'll just go to the doctors because they know everything. And they don't. They, they are limited in their knowledge, as are we all. But God is unlimited in his knowledge. See when Jesus gives, he doesn't need to get back. When he gives, he doesn't stop giving. His peace has no end. See, Jesus was God's gift to creation. He says, "For unto for to us a child is uh, is born, to us a son is given." Um, it says in Romans eight thirty two thirty two sorry thirty two, uh, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him, along with Him? graciously give us a few things. You're right. It says all things. See, see, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? See, God is unlimited. And we can sometimes think that God will just give us a little bit. He'll give us enough to get by. He doesn't want that. He wants to give you all things. He has got so much for us. And we need we need to know that. We need to, like, repeat that over ourselves and say, God will give me all things. We've got uh, two children, and uh, I know a lot of you don't have kids, but I'm going to bore you with a story. Anyway, because uh, no one else listens. Um, so <laughs> we've got two kids, and they're, they're great kids, and quite articulate, actually. And uh, our frustration then with them, especially with James, because uh, he's a boy, is that when he wants something, he just goes, eh, eh. And it's like, oh, you're like, oh, anyway, you know so much, and then you think, it's just this, uh, and it's like, uh, I, I mean, I'd like to say I grew out of that, but <laughs> <laughs> as a man, uh, <laughs> and a phrase to James is this, use your words, use your words. This is my second point, and I'm not treating you like kids, this will make sense in a second, use your words, guys. Um, <laughs> Proverbs 13:3 says this: "Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin." See, God gave us a gift as human beings is that we can communicate with each other, and we can express how we feel. This is not um, a gift that He's given to the animal kingdom. Although people will tell you, like, "Oh yeah, my dog talks to me," and my dog, you know, it doesn't, right? Okay, (laughs) parrots—they're not, you know—they can repeat stuff, but they, you know, you can't have a conversation with a parrot, right? They're as close as it gets, but, you know, as human beings, we've been given this gift to communicate. We've been given a tongue, which means we can talk. But the Bible is very, you know, it says a lot about, um, about the tongue and about uh, how we talk. It says, those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. James talks about it in his letter. Um, in James 3, 3 to 5, he says, When we put bits into the mouths of horse to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. So as in they can pull on the thing and it turns, you know, the horse will change direction just from moving its mouth. Um, or take ships as an example, although they're so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder. It um, says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. See, how you talk affects your life. And how you speak, see you know, we can talk about anxiety, and we can talk about all this kind of stuff, and just say, oh, just just change. Just um, just change your attitude. Just change how you think. Just, uh, you know, just believe in Jesus. And and the thing with the promises in the Bible, and I found this when I've been looking at them recently, is the promises in the Bible often have um, a practical with them, right? So it's not just like, you know, so it says in the Bible, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But there is a bit in there where it says, if we confess our sins. See, if you don't confess your sins, you don't get the promise. See, there's so, you check check it out. You read your Bibles. I know you, do, you all do. See how you talk affects your life. How the words you speak will affect how you live. See, aeroplanes have a have a thing on their dashboard, and I read this and I thought. No, that can't be true. Like, I, I thought they'd misquoted it. I thought it meant to read like altitude indicator. But they've actually got this thing called an attitude indicator. Here is an attitude indicator. This is a real-life thing um, that appears on, a, on an aeroplane's dashboard. And it's an attitude indicator. And you can see the, the, the numbers above, like in the blue bit, are like the positive numbers. And the numbers below, in the kind of brown bit, are the negative numbers. And it, it basically shows you where the nose of the plane is facing. So, if the nose of the plane is in the positive, then the plane's going up. It's called an attitude indicator. If the nose of the plane is in the negative, that plane's going down. And it's the same for us. See, if your attitude to life, or your attitude to work, or your attitude to your family and friends and the people closest to you is up, is positive, then you're going up in life. If your attitude to them is negative and you're always talking negative and, you, you know, the Bible talks about this with your tongue. If you speak the negatives out, you're going down. Like, believe me, you're going down. Way down. <laughs> so what's your attitude to life like? And, and you know, you often hear it's like, oh, they've got a bad attitude. And, it's, and you, you hear it all the time. But what's your attitude like? You know, to your friends, to the people that, that's closest to you, to those people around you? What is your attitude like? Are you a positive speaker or are you a negative speaker? Because that will tell you where your life's heading. See, I know this kind of message isn't, you know, it's, it's not a happy message. It can be. Do you know what I mean? I'm speaking the negative now. Watch my life go down. Um, <laughs> But it can be good. And, uh, you know, I, I was just thinking before, when Jesus talks in uh, Luke 15, he talks about uh, the parable of the lost sheep. And he says, um, you know, with the, the um, shepherd will leave the 99 and he'll go and find the one. And when he finds the one, he doesn't just say to the one, come on, back this way. He says he puts it on his shoulders. Why? Because the sheep is going the wrong way. And the sheep's not listening. So he puts it on his shoulders and he takes it back. Right? And some messages we have to like lift people on our shoulders, right? And we have to take them places. You know, in your life, you'll find people like that, where you think, I'm going to need to take this person somewhere. You, have to, you kind of have to tell them, like, your attitude isn't very good. See, we have dinner parties for a reason. You know, dinner parties aren't just because we like, you know, I want someone to feed me on a Thursday night, so I'll go to a dinner party. And dinner parties aren't really a Bible study. They're not like the kind of place where you go and it's, you know, oh, well, um yes, that was a good point, and uh, also it says in Leviticus, this isn't this, and, well, I, you know, I don't know what Sam was saying, but the original Greek means this, and that's just boring, right? If you're in a dinner party like that, just get out. Like, dinner parties are the kind of place where you want to be, you know, our values, real, relevant, relational, and robust. You know, you've got, in your dinner parties, you've got to be real, relevant, relational, robust, to be able to say to people, I didn't get it, like, help me out here, um, Or I I struggle, you know, those tests that we had last week, Mike brought the pardon test. And, you know, the pardon test in terms of, like, forgiving people. You know, I'd expect that in dinner parties, people are saying, like, I don't forgive people. I don't like forgiving people. I'd really struggle to forgive this person. Those are the kind of conversations to have in your dinner parties. Be real with each other. Be honest with each other. Say to each other, like, I struggle with this concept. I struggle with this idea of, like, attitude because I really struggle with it. Uh, But be open to people helping you. Like, this is the point of church is that we're a community of people that get alongside each other and say, right, I'm going to help you through this. And we're going to talk this through. We're going to get through this. Is that all right? So we can't do life alone. The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. And it's so true. Um, you know, use your words as well to be honest with each other. Be real about where you're at. People, like you know, especially now, people respond to authenticity. People want to know the real you. They don't want to know the Instagram you, the Facebook you, the filtered you. They just want to know you. And they want that relationship with you. And they want to know everything. Uh, not everything, but do you know what I mean? They, they want to know you and, you know, I'm, I'm sick of the superficial because I see it all over Instagram and I double tap it, but still. Declare truth over your life. Start now. You know, start with that kind of like just even just positive things like today's going to be a good day when you wake up in the morning rather than, oh, it's Monday. It's like today's going to be a great Monday. Just say it and see what happens. You know, test this kind of stuff. My third point is this. Did I give you my second point? I can't remember if yeah, I did. Yeah. Good. You got it. Use your words, yeah. Third point is this. Hand it over. And, and sometimes we're holding on to stuff in our life that we just need to let go of, and we need to hand it over. It's like when you watch kids playing Pass the Parcel, I've been to loads of kids' parties. Uh, I'm so sorry that my illustrations are so young. Some of you are young enough to remember your own Pass the Parcels. I was playing it last week. Good. Um, <laughs> but you see them. The music's going, and they're passing the parcel round. But you see the clever kids, and they're like, Oh, I'll take it here. <laughs> pass it on, pass it on. All right, okay. And they're waiting for the music to stop and they're holding on for it for too long. And sometimes in life, we hold on to stuff for too long. We live in that darkness for too long because we're scared of the light. We don't want it to be in the light. We don't want people to know the real me. Because if they know the real me, then they know the real me. And then it's like, do they still love me? Do they still accept me? Do they, you know, are they still gonna double tap me in my life in reality, not just on Instagram? Are they gonna accept me? You know, Philippians four, six to seven says this about anxiety. Says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation, don't be anxious about anything. It's not just like don't be anxious about the big things, but you can be anxious about the small things. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, can you see here, the, the promise is coming. But there's a way to, like, appropriate, if that's the word, that promise. And this is the way to do it. So you can't just say to God, give me peace and expect peace. Because God gives you in his word the way to get peace. It says here, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, so, there's a way to appropriate peace. Present your request to God, and the peace of God, this is the promise, will transcend all understanding, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's an awesome promise, but there's a way to appropriate the promise. And that is not being anxious about anything. And instead, it's not even just saying "don't do it." He's saying this is how not to do it in every situation: by prayer and petition, by praying to God, by talking to God, by petitioning Him, by asking for things with thanksgiving, being grateful. See, there's loads of clues in here. Loads of like clues. Loads of like ways in terms of how our attitude should work. It's like have a have a, an attitude of gratitude. With thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, the promises are very practical. I don't know if you've seen that. I you know, it was a bit of a, a revelation to me: is that all oh, right to get these promises? There is a way to do it. It's not just like oh, I'm just going to pray for peace and see what happens, or well, the Bible tells me that I'm going to prosper in life, so I'm just going to pray for prosperity and wait for it to happen. It's like no, the Bible gives you ways you know. So don't claim what isn't yours. You know, I've heard people say this, oh, my anxiety. Don't call it yours. Who you said it was yours? Don't accept what's not for you. Because we can think, oh, because I've done this and this, then, I, then I've got this. It's like, no, no, no. Jesus has forgiven you of everything. He gives you a fresh start. He says his mercy's in you every morning. And if his mercies in you every morning, why are you accepting something that's not for you? See, Jesus never had anxiety, so he couldn't give you anxiety. God doesn't have anxiety. He doesn't have stress. You know, he's not worried. He's not like on his throne thinking, I hope they do a good job. It's like God's in complete control. So don't accept what's not for you. See, Matthew seven eleven, says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Who ask him? So you don't get the good gifts unless you ask Him. Yeah. See, God only has good gifts for us. He doesn't have bad stuff for us. And people say stuff like, oh, well, God's given me this. I know He hasn't because He never had it in the first place. God can't give you what He doesn't have. You know, God can work stuff for good. It says in Romans eight twenty-eight that we know in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So God will work stuff in your life. So you might think, I'm going through something at the moment, and it's tough, and it is tough. But God will work it for good. 1 Peter 5, 5 to 7, says, In the same way, you who are younger, and he, you know this is the end of Peter's letter, the end of his first letter, and he's, he's talking to the church, but he's talking specifically here to younger people. And he says, In the same way, you who, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. See, again, there's there's clues in here. There's other things in it. It's like, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. (coughs) See, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. That was a title given to Jesus. But does he rule in your life? See, some of you are, are people pleasers. And often people who are people pleasers do it as a kind of... It's a bit of a defense mechanism because they don't think that they can be pleased themselves or they don't think that they can be happy. So they try and please other people. Um, and, it's, and it's not good. Um, they're just trying to constantly please everyone, but they're not looking after themselves. And they themselves are struggling. Uh, and it's at the detriment of your own mental health that you will please lots of people. See, tonight you need to put an end to that. Jesus was asked what's the most, com- uh, most important commandment. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. See, you need to be able to love yourself. You need to be able to care for yourself. You need to be able to look after yourself. And, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this, of, of like just getting too busy with everything else that I'm not looking after myself. You know, I'm not exercising as much as I should do, or I'm not eating as well as I should do. And these are just ways of me not looking after myself. And, uh, you know, people think that loving yourself is like, oh, that's being selfish. It's not. Because if you can't love yourself, you can't love other people. You can't give what you don't have. See, Jesus had peace. So he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. See, the local church, I believe, is the hope of the world. But if you don't have peace... You can't give it to anyone. But to get that peace, you know, we go back to that verse. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.